0: Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Rev. Eric Mason. Before we get to our question today, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. The more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, I have some exciting news for you. The website for Muslims Want to Know is finished. On the website, you can listen to all the episodes read transcripts of the episodes, submit your own questions, support the podcast, and even take online courses as well. So please visit us today at our brand new website, www.muslimswanttoknow.com. As always, each podcast builds on the information from the previous ones, so if you're joining us for the first time, I recommend going back and listening to the previous episodes before resuming this one. Here is our recap. In our last episode, we covered the question, what do Christians believe about Satan? In that episode, we reviewed the biblical narrative surrounding Satan and his fall from grace, his role in the fall of mankind, his role after the fall, Lord Jesus' defeat of Satan on the cross, and Satan's continued work after the death and resurrection of Lord Jesus. We learned that although we may be living in the last days, we can look to the horizon with hope given to us through Lord Jesus that no matter what happens, we have assurance of the forgiveness of our sins, assurance of our salvation, and assurance that God is working toward making all things new. His Word will accomplish His purposes. Following our recent conversations on the assurance of the forgiveness of our sins and assurance of salvation, I thought it would be good to add to that conversation by answering the question, are all Christians truly Christian? Now, this question is very interesting because it does not come from our community members. Actually, the question comes from my own observations and my own concerns for our community. You see, there are many individuals in this world who, either intentionally or unintentionally, represent Christianity. These individuals vary from people on the street people in the media, or even people using new media or social media to connect and communicate with others. I want to spend some time today answering the question, are all Christians Christian? Because I think it's important that you understand that not everyone who represents Christianity is truly and sincerely following Lord Jesus. Before we look at the answers to our question today, let me open with a brief Prayer. God, open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear your words and understand and do your will, for we are sojourners upon the earth. Do not hide your commandments from us, but open our eyes that we may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak to us the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. Enlighten our minds and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not just to cherish those things written, but to seek after you by doing them. Amen. So, are all Christians truly Christian? Well, my friend, as usual, there is a short answer to this question, and of course, a longer explanation that goes along with it. The answer is yes. All Christians are truly Christian, but... Not all people who say they are Christians or represent Christianity are Christians. What do I mean by that? Well, to better explain what I mean by this, I'm going to divide the rest of this episode into two main sections. Section 1. The Four Soils, as defined by Lord Jesus. Section 2. Profess Christians who are Christians by title, but not belief. Section 1. The Four Soils as Defined by Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus once compared faith in him to seed that was sown into different soils and the resulting fruit which then came out of the soil. Later on, he then explained the parable to his disciples. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. Again he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him. So he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, while the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. He taught them many things and parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, "'Consider the sower who went out to sow. "'As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, "'and the birds came and devoured it. "'Other seed fell on the rocky ground "'where it didn't have much soil, "'and it grew up quickly, since the soil wasn't deep. "'When the sun came up, it was scorched, "'and since it had no root, it withered away. "'Other seed fell among thorns, "'and the thorns came up and choked it, and it didn't produce fruit. Still other seed fell on good ground, and it grew up, producing fruit that increased thirty, sixty, and a hundred times. Then he said, Let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. The sower sows the word. Some are like the words sown on the path. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And others are like the seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They are short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seeds sown on good ground hear the word, welcome it, and produce fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundred times what was sown. In this parable of Lord Jesus, there are four types of soils addressed by Lord Jesus. Each soil represents the heart condition of the person receiving the good news of Lord Jesus. People who are like the soil on the path are those who hear the good news of Lord Jesus but are automatically dismissive of the message. A person's biases, prejudices, religious background, or religious teaching are used by Satan to prevent the gospel from entering the heart of the person. Other people are like the rocky soil. These people initially receive the words of Lord Jesus joyfully, and may even briefly profess faith in Lord Jesus. Although such people may have been sincere in their proclamation, they were not truly sincere in their faith. As a result, these folks generally renounce their faith after experiencing initial persecution. The third group of people are the people represented by the soil among the thorns. These people may have professed faith, and may even have endured in their faith for some time. But the cares of the world eventually make these people turn away from God and rely on themselves. Like the previous soil, these people seemed sincere in their proclamation, but were not sincere in their faith. Unlike the previous soil, many of these people continue to claim to be Christian, even though their lives are not submitted to God through their faith and obedience to Lord Jesus. The last group is the people whose hearts are like fertile soil. These are the people who receive the word of God, allow it to take root, and come to a sincere faith in Lord Jesus. These are the true Christians, the ones who don't just claim to be Christians, the ones who truly are Christians. This is why we say all Christians are true Christians, because to be a Christian is to be sincere in our faith. And like plants, these individuals grow from spiritual infancy to spiritual adulthood, blessing the world with more fruit as they share the good news of Lord Jesus with others in both word and deed. One of the consistent themes that has continued to come up in these last several episodes is the theme of sincerity of faith. Faith is not simply giving your mental assent to the information of the gospel. That's actually only part of it. Faith is also recognizing that your life is not about you. Your life and all of life is about God. Fun fact. According to the Lexham Theological Wordbook, faith is the knowledge of trust in and commitment to Jesus Christ that is required for salvation. The term is derived from the Greek word pistis and often refers to our response to God's promises and purposes in this world. Faith in Lord Jesus also means obedience to live out his command to Love one another as I have loved you, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. In essence, when we come to faith, we give assent to the totality of the message of the Bible, which culminates in the life, death, and resurrection of Lord Jesus. We become adopted into the family of God and begin to live a life that is marked by the sharing of the story of Lord Jesus with others while also loving those around us through the heart of God. Because a Christian's life is centered around God and oriented around God, we also begin to order our lives around service to and with God. Now, it's an unfortunate reality that not all people who claim to be Christians have sincere faith in Lord Jesus. Time and observation are the markers through which one can actually tell whether a person is a true Christ follower or not. Section 2. Professed Christians who are Christians by title, but not belief. There are many people who claim to be Christian who do not believe the traditional tenets of the Christian faith. And this is a large community of people, so I'm going to divide this up into two basic camps of people. The first camp, Christians by birth, and the second camp, Christians by common ground. The first camp of people is relatively easy to explain. People who are Christians by birth were born into a Christian family. They claim to be Christian by birthright, but not by faith. They may also have political beliefs that align with Christian beliefs as a result of their upbringing. But if you were to observe their lives for an extended period of time, you would see lives not marked by love for God and neighbor, but love only for themselves. The second camp of people is a bit more difficult to define. Suffice it to say that Christians, by common ground, often have sincere faith. However, these people's faith is not grounded in the same biblical stories, faith traditions, or common theology as defined by the historical church. Such people claim to be Christians, but their beliefs are considered heretical. One such group of these people from the Bible were from an area called Galatia. Paul addressed the Galatians in a letter that was to be read publicly. The people in Galatia, Paul is addressing, had heard the good news of Lord Jesus. But some teachers had actually entered into the community and infiltrated the community and began distorting that message by adding untrue things to it. Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9 I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel. But there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, A curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. Today, a portion of the people who claim to be quote unquote Christian hold different beliefs about the nature of Lord Jesus. This is because their leaders added to the original message of the gospel. Some added entire new books and claimed that angels gave these books to them, which clearly Paul warns about in this letter. Others have taken the original words of the Bible, but then imposed vastly different meaning on them. So how can one tell if a person who claims to be Christian is really Christian? The answer comes down to observable transformation in a person's head, heart, and hands. Transformation of the Head This revolves around the person's understanding and knowledge of who Lord Jesus is, what Lord Jesus did for us, and that person's understanding of the triune God and willingness to surrender their entire being to God. John, chapter 14, verses 18 through 26. I, Jesus, will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I will also love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Transformation of the Heart The transformation of the heart is primarily concerned with the area of love, love toward God and love toward neighbor. A Christian is a person who grows in love more and more throughout their lives. This person has also surrendered their entire being to God. John chapter 15 verses 12 through 17. Lord Jesus said, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant does not know what a master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appoint you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. This is what I command you, love one another. And finally, transformation of our hands. A Christian whose head and heart are connected and renewed as a result of their faith will begin to act differently. In all things, they will develop into people whose lives are defined by self-sacrifice and by good works. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 15. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. Ultimately, the triune God is the judge of this world. He is working to draw all people to himself through Lord Jesus as time moves forward until the renewal of all things. Now I'm speaking on behalf of myself. My part in this life is not to condemn or judge, but to share the story of Lord Jesus faithfully with both love and integrity. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope and pray that as you continue to seek God, you ask for visions and clarity on all these Christian claims. And if you'd like some good resources on the material I covered today, I recommend taking a look at the Lexham Theological Wordbook and the CSB Study Bible, which of course is the Bible translation I use. And if you don't have a Bible, I recommend downloading the UVersion app and selecting the CSB version from the list of translations. That's YouVersion, as in Y-O-U version. And that sound means it's about time to wrap up. Before we close our time together, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. The more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, once again, I have some exciting news for you. The website for Muslims Want to Know is now finished. Again, on this website, you can listen to episodes, read transcripts of the episodes, submit your own questions, support the podcast, and even take online courses as well. So visit us today at www.muslimswanttonow.com. And from my home recording studio in the Little India neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois, To wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for continuing our conversation. Thank you, and God bless.